This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. It is the final countdown. Bills versus Dolphins. AFC East title on the line. Welcome into Shout. We are, what about, 51-ish hours away from it going down in Miami Gardens, Florida. Uh, Hard Rock Stadium, which Ryan just put up a story, and apparently they're they're practicing for what was... For what is uh, Sunday, they're hoping to be AFC East champions. Uh, we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, but we're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. And right now, there are new re- recipes every week in January over at topsmarkets.com slash weekly recipes. Who couldn't use more ideas for great dishes? Check back each each week for the latest seasonal recipes that have been featured in its, in its weekly ad, social media, emails, and more. You can get recipes like peachy blueberry pineapple smoothie, Ritz Slammin' football dog, a beef confetti taco salad, a chicken power bowl, slow cooker fresh veggie lasagna, white bean chicken chili, and so many more. The options are endless. Go to topsmarkets.com slash weekly recipes for more. What's up, Ryan? We're finally almost there. What did you just put up on the website? Yeah, putting it up soon. Post post podcast here. No, you're okay. Uh, you know, uh, one of the resorts in Miami is getting a little bit ahead of itself, and uh, they put up on their uh, on top of their uh, what would you call that? Their uh, like their video board, billboard. Yeah, their billboard. Yeah. Their billboard. AFC's champs, Miami Dolphins win. Uh, kind of counting their chickens before they hatch, so to speak. Yeah, and listen, they're probably just testing out uh, or getting it in line in case it does happen, and it's kind of a fun thing uh, to kind of uh, talk about on social media. But I wouldn't rule out the Bills using that as some bulletin board material. Why not? Um, I feel like Sean McDermott does a really good job of, of using any of those kind of little things. Remember a couple months ago when they beat the Dolphins in Buffalo, Josh Allen scored, and they were doing the little uh, – uh, yeah. What was it? This emoji. And, you know, that was something that the, the, the Dolphins put out on social media. I, I think that their social media team has probably been giving marching orders uh, for this week. But, um, you know, it's a game now that 
we've talked about so much over the course of the week. We've done radio hits. We've done multiple podcasts. And, you know, it's really focusing in now on what the game is going to look like. And, and I think the, the best place to start, I want to get into the, some of the matchups that I think are important. I want to talk about some of the storylines, the keys to the game. Then we'll make a prediction. But let's start with the injuries because Mitch Morris pops up on the injury report today. He is out with an illness today, missed practice. Um, Sean McDermott mentioned it. Sometimes it's a 24-hour kind of bug, but he didn't he didn't want to say that he'll be okay uh, not knowing how he's going to respond to this thing. So that's a, a minor concern for sure because if Mitch Morris can't go, I think Ryan Bates is a more than suitable backup player and has played well in that spot before. But one of the things we've talked so much about is the continuity with this offensive line on the road uh, against the Dolphins in a must-win game, most likely. And and I, I treat it as a must-win game either way because of what's on the line, the two-seed, what it could potentially mean for them. To go in with a brand-new center who hasn't played a snap all season would be worrisome. Yeah, it'd be very worrisome, man. I mean, it, it would. I like Ryan Bates. I think he's a very talented, versatile player. Uh, but like you said, this is an offensive line that has been together all season long. And if Mitch Morris were to somehow – uh, not be able to play in this game, that would mean a lot for the guard play potentially with Osiris Torrance. And um, it could mean a lot even for the tackles. I, you know, you don't want to speculate. You don't know what it would look like until it actually happened. But when you see a, a unit lose one of its starters, one that has been together for an entire season, usually there's some problems to be had there. So you're hoping that it is a 24-hour deal. You're hoping that he, it's not something that he plays where he's less than 100%. Uh, because, you know, you have some big guys in the middle of that Miami Dolphins defensive line as well, so you need Mitch Morse as close to 100% as possible. And on the Dolphins side, there were uh, there's a couple of guys that we've been tracking all week. Uh, we had Marcel Louis-Jacques on the show yesterday, and uh, we were talking a little bit about Xavier Howard and Jalen Waddell. Howard has been officially ruled out uh, for Sunday, which is not a surprise at all. I mean, this was trending in this direction uh, with the week-to-week designation. You figured that it was going to be uh, probably a situation that unfolds like this, which likely means Eli Apple. We'll get into that in a moment. On the offensive side of the ball, it's been uh, a, a week where the you know Waddle and Mostert haven't practiced. And to me, no matter what happens, and there's a report coming out uh, today that Mike McDaniel said that, um, uh, I think it was Cameron Wolf that said, uh, let me bring it up here, Waddle, Mostert, and Jerome Baker are all questionable. Um, and in his report, he said, Jalen Waddle has shown notable progress since last week on injured ankle. Did a lot more today in practice and he's done uh, than he's done in a couple weeks running intermediate routes and cutting. He told reporters that he felt no pain, still TBD for Sunday versus Bills, but he's improving and has a shot to play. Ryan, I think that could very well much be the case. But to not practice Wednesday, to not practice Thursday, and to say to go out there today and kind of like what's usually on Friday a scaled back practice, I think is a little bit of fool's gold. I I think if Waddle plays this weekend, he's not going to be 100%. No, and there's I did catch a video on social media of Waddle catching passes from Tua today, and it looked like he was running in slow motion. It looked like he was just kind of jogging more than anything else. And, and he might be cutting while he's jogging and catching those passes, but that's not the same as the you know route running at 100%, trying to make the cuts that you have to make, taking hits that you would be taking. 
Uh, it's very dangerous. It's a very dangerous game for Miami to play Jalen Waddle this week, knowing that you've already punched a ticket into the playoffs, knowing how important he is to this offense. Could it happen? Yes, but he's one shot away from being week to week all over again and possibly missing next week's game or the rest of the playoffs as is. And you already have uh, a Tyree kill who is still wearing a walking boot during the week on, on his ankle. They're banged up right now. So you do, if you're Mike McDaniel, really have to kind of weigh the pros and cons of a move like this. I know that Sunday night's game has high stakes for both teams. Uh, even with Miami already in the playoffs, they want the two seed. I get it. Uh, but you're risking a lot by putting Waddle out there if it truly was a high ankle sprain. And then the Mostert injury is an interesting one to track because he serves as their like bell cow, really. And I think what's allowed Achan to be so successful. And listen, if he if he plays and he has to be the feature back, that he can have a big game. He's had uh, multiple ten plus carry games this year where he's gone over a hundred yards. So he has that big game, big time potential. But I think being able to lean on Mostert as the guy that kind of carries the load and use Achan is kind of like that change of pace, that guy that you can put in different scenarios to kind of utilize his skill set. I think that works out better for them. But with that said. If Mostert can't go, I, th- I still think Achan is uh, – he, he'll he be the number two priority for this Bills defense as they scheme against trying to stop them. Yeah, Achan is dynamic, especially if he can get to the outside. We've seen the speed. We've seen the burst. Uh, I believe he scored both of their touchdowns in that first matchup when the game started out 14-14. If not, he had at least two touchdowns in that game. And very dynamic back, uh, someone that does have an injury history – uh, might you know it's why he fell in the draft where he did but when he is healthy when he can go he can be a game changer so you're right he's still going to be high on buffalo's priority list especially if raheem mostert cannot be that bell cow back for them uh be their top guy be that guy that punches it in near the end zone like he's done so much this season you know i'm watching this um this video you just sent me it's from joe shad uh who was out at practice today in uh, Miami and it's interesting because it's almost like watching a replay of some of the practice video of last season when uh, Gabe Davis had that high ankle sprain and I'm going to try to see if I can let's see if this works yeah I can I could share it right here so uh, I'll play this video for everybody watch the watch the video on the second throw so here's the first one on a bit of a crossing pattern that's fine but watch this one as he kind of like turns and changes direction and kind of like see how he kind of comes up a little bit on that right foot so to your point i think this is a situation where listen can he give it a go and play in this game sure i think gabe davis tough through it a couple times last year uh but as he mentioned uh, in that spot, he wasn't the same player, and I don't expect Waddle to be the same player. But I also think Waddle at sixty percent is probably better than any of the other options that they have. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't play, it's probably what Cedric Wilson, and Wilson's yeah. a fine player. He he has his moments, but I agree with you. If you have a, a playmaker like Waddle, even if he's not one hundred percent, generally there's more good than bad. But in terms of the in- potential injury or, in, you know, reham- uh, re-injuring himself, excuse me, that's very likely if you come back too early from a high ankle sprain and uh, the damage that can be done. So it's just one of many tough decisions that Mike McDaniel is going to have to make uh, leading up to this game on Sunday night. 
So we have the, you know, what I think is trending to be one of the pivotal or like, I don't want to say pivotal, but like could potentially be one of the games you remember in Stefan Diggs's career. And let me explain what I mean by that with the bills. You know, he's had so many big games over the course of his now, what is it? 2020, 21, 22, this is fourth season with the bills, but this one feels like one where it's different in the sense that he's going into it with legitimate doubters. I mean, there was a story that, that was printed today uh, by Tim Graham, our colleague, where he talked to Devin McCourty, who said that, you know, Diggs is still winning his routes based on film, uh, but it almost looks like he, Devin uh, said in the story that it looks like the Bills are trying to prove to Diggs that they can win without him. Now, I don't know how much that's true, just from the sense of, we talked about it a few days ago. I mean, they're one deep ball to Diggs in that game from him going over 100 in that game against the Patriots again, which he's kind of made it a habit of against the Patriots over the years. But listen, I, I get Jalen Ramsey's really good, uh, and they're probably going to shadow Diggs with Jalen Ramsey. But Eli Apple on the other side is really bad. Um, and I think that Stefan Diggs has got the receipts from last year when – Eli Apple was spouting off on social media after the Cincinnati Bengals eliminated the Bills and told him to enjoy his trip to Cabo, or I'm paraphrasing there, obviously. Um, Cabo on three. Cabo on three, Rich, which went off because everybody thought he was kind of referring to DeMar Hamlin, which he later said, refuted, and said that wasn't his intent, deleted the tweet, all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the thing that's interesting, too, about the um, Dolphins, Ryan, is they're going to end up probably playing Eli Apple in place of Xavier Howard, they have a rookie in Cam Smith, a day two pick that Dolphins fans have been clamoring for. But this week when asked about him, uh, defensive coordinator Vic Fangio said, you know, he lit, he rif rough, like rifled off a bunch of um, reasons why he's not playing. It's like fundamentals, technique, uh, quickness, um, uh, footwork, uh, a bunch of different things. I, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but you know, th there's a situation there. It, it kind of reminds me of what's going on in Buffalo with Kyer Elam, a young player that can't get on the field. And now they're going to push out a guy in Eli Apple that's potentially going to be a liability on Sunday. Yeah, first and foremost, with Stefan Diggs and, and the article today, Tim Graham did a great job. I, I don't necessarily buy McCordy's theory on that, that the Bills are trying to show that they can win without him. Every game, almost every game since their bye week has been a must-win game. I would say every game has been you're not going to phase out your best offensive player intentionally to try to prove a point when you had so much riding uh, on those games, in my opinion. I think a lot of it has to do with the coverage. I think that something is bothering Diggs. Uh, we've seen the snap to totals go down only 65% of the time on the field. But we've also seen those times where he has gotten open. He has gotten open deep, and they've just been a, a few seconds away. So, you know, today Jalen Ramsey did say that he wants to shadow Stefan Diggs, but that's going to be up to Vic Fangio at the end of the day. Uh, Fangio might end up doing that. He might not. And I'll be interested to see what the Bills do either way in terms of trying to get Steph Diggs going. I, I like the handoff to him last week in, in the matchup against the Patriots, trying to find another way to get the ball in his hands. Uh, we've seen the, the bubble screens, and those have not had much success. But, you know, when you get him on those slants, uh, that usually leads to some good things. So whether it's against Ramsey, whether it's against Apple, whether they're putting him in a pre-snap motion, trying to create mismatches 
or just leaving him where he is. I do think this is a big opportunity for Diggs uh, to, you know, in what the Bills are once again calling a playoff matchup, enter the actual playoffs potentially with Diggs on a high note uh, and, and reestablishing that connection between he and Josh Allen. Right. And I think like what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, like, you know, Josh Allen roughed up at the end of the season. You know, he's got 15 rushing touchdowns on the year. And I know that he, he hasn't he's been a mainstay on the injury report for the shoulder. I don't know how much the shoulder has been uh, an issue. He suffered the finger injury in the first quarter last week against the Patriots. I definitely think that that played a, a role in some of his struggles over the course of that game. You know, he's been a little bit he's going into this game a little bit banged up. I know he's been all right on practice in practice all week. And he said he's good to go. But that's something that I'm I'm definitely watching. And I think that could impact a player like Stefan Diggs who might be in a lot of spots open, but Josh is operating like, you know, I think about it like this. Like if you're, if you don't feel a hundred percent, right. And, and you're going and you're going to work, right. Like you might not be as dialed in. You might not be, you know, putting, you know, having the same kind of like awareness, mental capacity that you usually do just cause you don't feel great. Like whatever the case may be. And you wonder how much some of these ailments have, have, affected Josh Allen, not to make excuses for him, but, you know, he hasn't looked like the same quarterback over the last two or three games. And, you know, you take out the Dallas Cowboys game when they really didn't ask him to throw to me, that piece of it really has got to be, you know, flipped. And I think just the mental history in Miami with the success that he's had there and being able to go there against a team that's down their top two pass rushers. um, They're probably going to have a pretty good plan for the interior guys. I know Siler, uh, and uh, Christian Wilkins are really good. Uh, but coming up with a plan, you get Mitch Morse, you hope back, and give Josh Allen some protection. Uh, to me, that's going to be the key to unlocking things is getting Josh in a rhythm early, getting the ball to digs and spreading it out, getting it to Gabe Davis, hitting some plays down the field. Like Eli Apple in the game, uh, their second safety, not Javon Holland, who's also banged up, uh, he's not having – the best year either, uh, Deshaun Elliott, who struggled quite a bit last week as well. Uh, we talked about Duke Riley a little bit this week. I want to talk a little bit more about him. But you have to be aggressive in the pass game. And I think also part of the struggles of the pass game in the last couple of weeks, and I, I saw somebody made this point in the comments, is they're leaning into the run game. When Stefan Diggs isn't out there, a lot of times it's been Trent Sherfield. And at this point, you know what, what he is. He's out there to block in the run game. But I will say this, maybe this is a game that they do try to get him a few uh, targets against his old team, show that he can be a guy that you can count on in the passing game to a very limited extent. But going back to the original topic, yes, Josh Allen, uh, the Bills need to win with him being at his best, the ball in his hands. I think you do that, though, by establishing the run, getting James Cook going, because then that opens up the play-action pass. And you don't necessarily need a run game going well to get the play action going, but when it is going well, the play action pass works that much better. And we saw it last week in Baltimore, uh, the way they utilized it against the Miami Dolphins, how Lamar Jackson was able to shred that Dolphins defense using play action passes. I think that there is an advantage for the Bills using that in this matchup too. So if you can get going early on and then Allen can utilize the play action, get the ball to Diggs get it to Kincaid, Gabe Davis and company, and even hit your backs out of the backfield. Uh, There's a lot of matchups for the Bills to take advantage of based on how banged up this Dolphins team is.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, become a Shout Buffalo Bills insider right now by texting 716-528-6727. Come on the ride all season long with Ryan Talbot and I will be going feverishly into the offseason. And I know that you Bills fans don't want the, off se- the season to end anytime soon, uh, but we'll take you all the way up to the Super Bowl if we have to and into the offseason, all the off months, into training camp, and obviously in the regular season. Uh, the Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Buyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716 852 one, two, three, four, or check out LitroLaw.com. All right. This is my player to watch in this game. To me, he's the most important player. And somebody's asking about Mitch Morse. We talked about him at the beginning of the show. He is questionable to play in this game. He's he left. He didn't practice today with an illness. Sean McDermott said sometimes these can be 24 hour things. So we'll kind of track that progress. Keep it locked into social media, uh, over the next 24, uh, 35 hours. Um, my player to watch, if you go back to uh, week four and you look at the way that the Bills won against the Miami Dolphins. I already talked about Stefan Diggs. I think it's going to be a big game. He had six for 120 and three touchdowns against this team. Gabe Davis went three for 61 and a touchdown. Uh, James Cook had one catch for 48 yards in that game. But in the run game, 12 carries, 29 yards, 2.4 yards per carry. But he did have a touchdown rushing. Um, but he was... You know, and they didn't need to run the game. The, the pass game was so good. They didn't need to run it in, in that game, but they're a different team now. This is a Miami Dolphins team that is struggling mightily to stop the run as evidenced by last week's performance against the, the Ravens. And, um, you know, Duke Riley, the linebacker for the Dolphins, he was out of position, picked on play in and play out for 60 minutes. I mean, nobody wanted that Ravens butt kicking to be over more than Duke Riley last week. And so if I'm looking at the tape this week, I'm Joe Brady and I'm frothing at the mouth to get the ball in James Cook's hand early, often in the run game, get your tackles out, get downhill at that second level. They are banged up. There's going to be guys playing in this game that aren't used to playing the amount of snaps that they're going to be playing with the lights as bright as they're going to be on Sunday night. And you just try to take it to Miami. And I really like James Cook in this game. Yeah. You know, I had him high on my list as well of players to watch in this matchup, if not the player to watch. Uh, For me, though, I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go on the interior. I think this is another Ed Oliver type of matchup. Uh, Create disruptions against the run. Get after the quarterback. The one thing that I saw from this Bills defense in that first match was complementary football at all three levels. Now, I know the first two drives, Miami was able to move down the field, score touchdowns. But once they settled in, you saw pressure up front. You saw great coverage from the linebackers and in the secondary where they took away Tua's first option. And when you do that and you have some pressure coming at him, he has to move off his mark. He has to hold the ball longer than he wants. It leads to some errant passes. It leads to some opportunities for turnovers. I think the blueprint for this Bills defense is going to be the same in this matchup. And I think Ed Oliver on the interior, creating some of that pressure, 
is going to make him my player to watch. Right. I forgot how phenomenal Daquan Jones was in that first yeah. game. Like I went back and like watched. I mean, listen, he's it's his second game back. I think you want to be a little bit um, careful with the expectations for him in this game and to recreate that performance. I mean, he had seven pressures, according to PFF, five hurries, one sack. I mean, he was a menace in that game. And I think that's what really bummed people out because he was literally at the height of his production, his play in a Bills uniform in that game. And he goes out the next week in London against Jacksonville. So I think having him back in the mix and you think about the four that they're going to run and maybe they activate Linval Joseph this week and they go five deep and they try to find their best four. And, you know, if they don't like what they're seeing from Tim Settle or Puna Ford, they can roll in Linval Joseph, who I think you might want in this game just because of his uh, ability against the run. And I'm not saying that Tim Settle can't get the job done, Puna Ford. I think both of those guys are adequate run defenders. And, and I think Tim Settle's played really good football over the last four games. But to me, this could be a Linval Joseph game where you just get him, at least make him available so that if you do need to go to him and, you know, yeah, you're going to have to look up and down your roster to try to find, you know, you know, spots where you can kind of mix and match uh, because there's not a lot of open roster spots to get guys in. Um, I think that brings us to Von Miller. Like, where are you at with what they're going to do with him? I mean, Sean McDermott sang his praises today, said he, he, he handled it all the right way over the past week. He told the Buffalo news yesterday that, um, he thought it was the right move for him to get sat, sat down. And um, he, he's been very jovial in the locker room. I'm actually writing about what saved the Bills season. Uh, that story will be up tomorrow. Uh, and one of the, the things that really I've, I've do dove into this week is like this card game that they've started to play every day after practice. And it's this Uno game that you've heard Rasul Douglas talk about. Josh Norman has talked about it. And, you know, it was basically Von Miller who – um, started it. He, they played Uno back when he was in Denver and he brought the, the card table into the locker room the week of the Jets game. And ever since then, like if you come in the locker room, as soon as it opens, guys are racing in. If they don't have to go to meetings or they don't have to work out, there is a ta table where they're all sitting around, passing out cards, playing some really cutthroat Uno. And uh, so You've seen them kind of come together, and he was in that spot today. They there was a game it was Micah Hyde, Jordan, um, uh, not Jordan, uh, Von Miller, uh, Tim Settle was over there, Reggie Gilliam, uh, Rasul Douglas, who uh, I'm told is the best uh, player at Uno. Although Josh Norman doesn't want to admit that, calls him a cheater. Rasul Douglas calls Josh Norman a cheater. Uh, obviously, some competitive games going on in there, but. You know, that, that's a piece to all of this. And, you know, so my point being that Von Miller was in good spirits, but I do think that I wonder how much more Linval Joseph would be value-wise if you're trying to figure out the math on that defensive line as and, and even maybe putting down like a Kingsley Jonathan this week and, and just leaning on Epinesa, Rousseau, Shaq, and Leonard Floyd. Yeah, you know, I just recently – address that uh, on a radio spot ESPN the fan or the sorry formerly ESPN Rochester but the fan Rochester now and I said you know it, it's interesting with Von Miller because if he does play I still think they might limit his reps because of what you're getting from AJ Epinesa because of what you're getting from Leonard Floyd this season and Greg Russo and I know Russo hasn't popped as much as a pass rusher but he is elite as a run stopper he is really good at getting pressure 
getting his hand on passes. And then I said Shaq Lawson has been so under the radar this year, but he's still been so solid for this team. So there's four guys right there. So if you do want Von Miller active, by all means do it, but I would limit his reps because when he's been out there and given more and more opportunities, we haven't seen enough from him where I feel like the four guys that I just mentioned, you're going to get more out of it in a matchup like this. You're going to get a guy like Shaq Lawson who is, This matchup specifically, you might not need him as much for setting the edge, but staying disciplined, that's something he does extremely well. You have the pass rush from Floyd and Epinesa. You have a good mix and balance there between the run stopping and and getting after the QB. So I don't think you need Von back necessarily in a big role in this matchup. You know, I wonder too about, you know, you look through all of their offensive linemen and, or their, their roster, and there's not a lot of spots. Like if, if, if Von Miller comes in based on their inactives last week, like DeMar Hamlin will be inactive. He's been dealing with that shoulder all week. Alec Anderson has been pretty much inactive all season. Kyer Elam will be inactive, uh, I'm guessing. And then you have Von Miller and Linval Joseph. You know, I probably think that they, they leave Linval Joseph on the inactive list unless they can find a place somewhere else, uh, maybe like for a Kingsley Jonathan. And then for that other spot, depending on how you look at it, Latavius Murray could be down, but like, I think they should consider calling up Leonard Fournette or maybe go into this game. And I know that they won't because it's a bit of a risk if if James Cook or Ty Johnson were to get injured to have that other back that's available to you in in that scenario. Um, But I think they could get creative. And and if they really want to, could just go with James Cook and Ty Johnson because Ty Johnson, to me, needs more work, not less. Yeah, I agree with that. Ty Johnson has earned that role as the running back number two since joining this team. He has good burst every time he's given the ball. He's smart with the ball in his hands, like he showed last week, staying in bounds late against New England, picking up decent chunks of yards, can catch the ball out of the backfield. But you're right. I don't think this is a game that you just go with two backs. I could see them going with Fournette over Latavius Murray, though, uh, as Murray is literally and figuratively kind of hit a brick wall. Uh, the legs looked a little bit tired. I know he's really good as a pass blocker, but I think you can get that from Fournette as well. It's just how comfortable are you and with Fournette in terms of knowing the assignments, knowing all the plays in this playbook. So that'll be a tough decision to be had. But th- that's the one problem when you're trying to you know mix and match these players. Can you get Joseph out there? Well, yeah, but then it might be uh, Kingsley Jonathan. And then what do you do with Von Miller? There's just only so many spots. You know, Maybe they could make a Deontay Hardy inactive let Ty Johnson return um, some of the kicks and the punts. But again, is that something you want to do either? The the analysis and what goes into those decisions each week is so difficult that I don't necessarily think you're going to see a surprise move where they go heavier at one spot or lighter at another. Um, one person I want to talk about, two players that I want to talk about on the defensive side of the ball, maybe three. I don't know. We'll see for the Bills. Let's start with Terrell Bernard. And to me, if you look at you, you mentioned Ed Oliver, and I think their front is very important to this game, the, the most important thing. Because I think if you if you do a good enough job in terms of the blitz packages that you send it to uh, and the coverage on the back end and all those things, you can really force him into an uncomfortable game. But I went back and looked at the PFF numbers from the first matchup and obviously daquan jones with a 91.2 overall grade 90.5 pass rush grade was the guy that stood out among everybody else trey white was in the green you know that was the game he got hurt in he actually had a pretty good game coverage wise uh 69.7 uh overall his coverage grade 73.4 
Uh, so really solid. Matt Milano was solid too. 73.1, 78.7. Terrell Bernard in his fourth start, um, really good in, against the run, which is important. You're going to need him to be good against the run in this game. But his coverage grade, 46.7. It didn't matter. The Bills scored so many points. It didn't matter in that game. He has got to be really good on all of that underneath stuff. He's got to you know, be certain places before Tyreek Hill's there or De- Devin A. Chan's there or Jalen Waddle, if he's played, uh, is there. Six-plus sacks this year, three-plus interceptions, three-plus fumble recoveries. It is just unbelievable the year that he's had in year two. Um, it's the most – or it's the only player in the NFL since 1991 um, and only the fourth player since 82 to have a season like that. Um, Eagles linebacker Seth Joyner did it in 1991. To me, I'm looking at Bernard. He's got to have a huge game to kind of help reel some of that stuff in in the middle of the field and second level. Yeah, absolutely. And you also want to utilize him as a blitzer when the time is right as well. And that's an area that he has been a bit major strength for him. The one thing I'll say about the coverage is Miami's offense is a completely different beast than most of the, of the teams that he saw early on in the season. Now he has a lot of starts under his belt. He has more film study under his belt. He probably has a better expectation of what this offense, this Miami offense, is going to try to do. So I, I do think you're going to see his coverage or his impact in coverage uh, be, you know, be bumped up, see a significant bump in that area. So he, he really has come on as an all-around player, a special talent, and uh, he's another one of those X factors on defense where I think he can make uh, one or two big plays in this game that could swing momentum in Buffalo's favor. The other thing that the Bills, I think, are going to lean heavily on in this game, which they weren't really doing much of when they played in week four, was the dime package. Like getting Jordan Poyer in as that extra linebacker, uh, extra defensive back, and kind of get him up in the box as a linebacker. Uh, They have Rasul Douglas now. He's kind of more in the mix in terms of what they do. Um, So I'm looking at Jordan Poyer, who I think, if you put his two halves of the season together – what he's done in the second half has looked much more like the version of the player that I think we've been used to the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, he got off to such a slow start this season that we were talking, uh, was this a, a bad you know, uh, idea to bring him back? Is his best football behind him? But he really has come on. He's really playing some great football. Uh, he's always in the middle of these plays. He's come up with a lot of near interceptions um some past deflections being in the right place at the right time he has been uh, again a guy in this back end of the defense that has been so good not just this year but over the years against Miami in terms of the communication aspect of things keeping plays in front of them not letting them get beat deep by the Jalen Waddles and Tyree kills of the world that I think that uh once again having him and Micah Hyde available in this match was so big for this defense um, the Josh Allen has only had three games this season where he hasn't thrown an interception. Uh, the win against the Raiders at home, uh, the win against the Dolphins at home, and the win against the Dallas Cowboys uh, at home. He has thrown an interception in every road game, road regular season game this season. It's kind of crazy to think about that. Um, just a little stat that's kind of popping out here uh, as I look at things. Um Rasul Douglas, did, did you catch mic'd up this week? Uh, Jordan Poyer was mic'd up. Did you? Have, have, have I saw parts of that. I saw, yeah, I saw parts. At the end, he's sitting on the bench uh, talking to a couple players, and he said, um, "Man, I think it was after maybe his second interception, the pick six. He said, "Man, Rasul Douglas has changed our secondary. 
And I thought that that was, and I'm paraphrasing. He might've said a different word there. Um, but Douglas really has, I mean, like obviously take that one game where he was actually absolutely spectacular. That's its own deal. But what he's meant to this team to solidify that back end and for Jordan Poirier to put his stamp on it like that, that's crazy. You're muted. You're muted. And now you're gone. I had a cough and I was trying to hold it in and I then I turned off my mic and I forgot to bring it back on. Yeah, no, listen, Russell Douglas has been such a factor for the back end of this defense. Uh, when you lose Trey White, and listen, Trey White wasn't necessarily playing like the Trey White that we were accustomed to seeing pre-injury, but when he went down with an injury, Matt, you didn't know what to necessarily expect from the back end of this defense with Dane Jackson and Christian Benford. And, you know, now once they're able to acquire Russell Douglas, he comes in and he learns this defense and he's been, he's leading the entire league in terms of these uh, turnovers since joining the bills and, or since like week seven of the season, whatever it is uh, it's helped stabilize the back end of this defense. I think it's helped Christian Benford too in terms of what uh, he's seen Douglas doing on the field, uh, the film study. We know that Trey White's been in the building, as Sean McDermott pointed out, so I'm sure Trey has a hand in it too. But Russell Douglas has been such a stabilizing force for the secondary in general. Um, And I I also feel like we should give Christian Benford his flowers as well for the way that he has really shut down that cornerback to competition, discussion, whatever you want to call it, and really taken over that role and played at a high level. Couldn't agree more. It is predictions time. Uh, we are at that portion of the program. AFC East is on the line, Ryan Talbot. Bills, Dolphins, who do you got and why? I have the Bills winning this one 38-24. Uh, I, I just think that Josh Allen, for whatever reason, he gets up in these games against Miami. And the history, the stats, you look at it. This isn't like one or two games where you say, oh, he's, he's gone off in both matchups. This is a large sample size, and he's had a lot of success against this defense, no matter who the coordinator is. He's had a lot of success against Vic Fangio, although that is a smaller sample size. I just think that he comes to play knowing the importance of this game, knowing what is riding on it. Uh, I think that James Cook is a completely different player than what he was in this first matchup. He's going to see a bigger role. You're going to see Stefan Diggs get back on track. He finishes with at least one score. And I think this is also a, a sneaky Dalton Kincaid game. And when I say that, I'm not saying like 100-plus yards. I think he gets a lot of targets. I think he moves the chains quite a bit. He might get a score for this team. Uh, and I also think he breaks the tight end reception record for this team in this matchup. Very good. Um, I think, like, I was with you. Like, I, I feel like a tight end kind of performance coming out of this game. But I also think it could sneaky be Dawson Knox. Like, he's not had one all season long. And I wonder if, you know, Dalton Kincaid, rookie well, he had the big 50-yard catch, so I'll give him that little piece. Uh, Dealing with a couple injuries late in the season. Could this be a game where, you know, Dawson Knox just – he finds these games over the course of his career where you're just like, man, where's he been? And all of a sudden he kind of reappears, reemerges. So somebody – has to have one of those games. I think Stefan Diggs uh, is poised to have a big breakout game. I talked about the importance of James Cook. Um, there's too many injuries for the Miami Dolphins, in my opinion, for them to win this game. They still have Tyreek Hill, who, by the way, didn't practice this week, which is its own little like strange subplot to this game. He was back 
today with the team practice for the first time since leaving because of the house fire on Wednesday. When he wasn't at the facility, he's in a walking boot, so there's still something going on with that ankle. Both of their speedsters dealing with uh, damaged wheels, if you will. And I just think that that's too much going against the, the Dolphins. And with all these other players out, to me, this game is going to come down to which quarterback can make the most plays in the end. And I think you got to bet on Josh Allen. You know, he's dominated this team uh, year after year there in Buffalo. And I think uh, they figure out a way to do it again. Bills win 31-24. And I'm not making this pick only because I want to have the next two weeks in Buffalo and not have to travel. I'm making it because I think the Bills are going to win. No, I do think the Bills are going to win. Um, I think they'll find a way. I think there's all these things that have kind of led up to this point. You know, they They've changed the course of their season. They saved their season and they set it up for this one moment. And they've had all of these one moments over the last three, four seasons. Haven't they, Ryan? We've talked about it. We've covered them. And you think after a while, those big moments, they all the, you know, the equity that you put in the bank for in all those experience, finally it pays off at some point. And I think it'll pay off in a game like this. I love Jake Hansen's question. Could Josh Allen still win MVP? I think there's a sneaky chance if he goes out there and puts up a four, five touchdown vintage Dolphins performance that he at least makes it difficult because some of the number comps with him and Lamar outside of like the turnovers. I mean, Josh Allen wins a lot of them. He does. I I think you're more likely to see Josh win AFC player of the week because that's been a regular occurrence for him against the Dolphins. I think five times in 11 games, uh, regular season games. So I think that's on the table. I I do think maybe the door has been shut on MVP. Uh, I think that Lamar made his case. And I know it's recency bias because Josh Allen also had a perfect passer rating uh, against Miami earlier this season. He also had multiple touchdowns. They also blew out Miami. But you look at the one seed, you look at how they he ended it since he's not starting or playing in week 18. I think that Lamar Jackson is probably going to get that award. I still think Christian McCaffrey deserves uh, you know, uh, a lot of votes as well, and I wouldn't be upset if he won it uh, either. But Allen, down the stretch here these last few weeks, the stat line just hasn't been good enough to warrant the, that MVP talk. But listen, the way he's dominated Miami, if he, they win this game and they claim the two seed, He's not going to care about the MVP. He's not going to care about much anything else other than knowing that the Bills are in line to have at least two home matchups if they win the wild card round. Uh, they would then have next the following week at home as well. And if the Ravens were to get knocked off in their first matchup of the playoffs, the AFC Championship could be in Buffalo as well. Um, let me push back just a little bit on uh, on something here with, with this MVP award and Lamar. You said something very important. I agree with everything you said, by the way. Um, Recency bias when it comes to Lamar. What would happen if Josh Allen has five touchdowns in a potential win or go home on the road against the greatest show in 2023, Miami Dolphins, who put up 70 points back in uh, September, to walk it off, finish with the most touchdowns, most passing touchdowns in the league, most overall touchdowns in the league. Um, I don't know. They'll be the two seed. They'll be the AFC East champs. Maybe recency bias might play a little bit in Josh Allen's favor in that scenario. It absolutely could. I I will say I think MVP voters, a lot of them, they also look at the turnovers. And even though Josh Allen is not like in this league of his own, 
Uh, there's always talk about how he's near at the top of the league through the course of the season. I almost feel like that hurts him as well. But now when you look at it, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks that are right in the same ballpark as Allen too. But I think that at the end of the day, that's going to also be a deterrent for him. But you're right. If he comes out and he has this unbelievable performance, uh, then there is a chance. There, the, the window is cracked open for Allen to potentially maybe uh, sneak his way back into that conversation. All right. Um, if you got to sneak in some shopping, uh, get yourself ready for a party this weekend. You can download Tops Market's mobile app and make your shopping experience even easier than ever. Get the most uh, out of your experience. Check out all the amazing benefits you have at the palm of your hands. Select your preferred store, browse and shop the weekly ad or by specific department. Easily locate products at your preferred store with its built-in aisle directory. Then enjoy contactless shopping with Tops Grocery Pickup or delivery services and clip coupons directly to your Tops Bonus Plus card. Check out topsmarkets.com slash mobile app for more information. Bills versus Dolphins. AFC East on the line. I cannot wait. I take off for Miami tomorrow. We'll have you covered all weekend long. I got a big story dropping tomorrow on the website. Uh, talked to a bunch of people this week uh, just about the, the the journey from six and six to what they're going to walk in on the field and try to do on Sunday. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun one, I think. For Ryan, I'm Matt. We will see you on Sunday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy this game. Take care, everybody.